السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي ربنا زدنا علما لست نمبر 28 سوره البقره ان شاء الله بيجن فروم ايه نمبر 213 Mankind was of one religion. In this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us briefly about history, the history of mankind. In the previous ayah, we learned that the believers, their focus is the akhirah. And because of that, what happens is that they don't give priority to the world, to the dunya and its benefits. But what happens is that those who are focused on the dunya, then they end up mocking at those who believe. So over here, Allah is telling us about how this division started amongst the people. That there are people who believe, there are people who don't believe. If you look back, if you look around you, there are so many religions and you wonder if the truth is one, if Allah is the only Lord, if He's the one who created mankind, then how come people are so different? So Allah tells us over here that كَانَ النَّاسُ All people used to be أُمَّةً وَاحِدَةً One nation, a single nation. What does it mean by this? Meaning all people were upon the same religion. When? At the beginning. Because who was the first man? Adam alayhi salam. And Adam alayhi salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself created him, himself sent him to the world and told him that guidance will come. فَإِمَّا يَأْتِيَنَّكُمْ مِنِّي هُدًا So guidance was sent. Adam alayhi salam was on guidance. And initially people were all united upon the truth. But what happened? As the population increased, the differences, they also came about in the people. And there is something that's very understandable. That when the population is less, when there are only a few people, then there are very few differences. But as the numbers grow, as the numbers increase, then the differences also begin amongst people. Conflicts also arise. Right? You may have seen this in families. That as a smaller family unit, People are very united, siblings are very united, but as they grow older, as they have spouses and as they have children, then what happens? The differences, they arise. The same way, كَانَ النَّاسُ أُمَّةً وَاحِدًا What happened then? Some people, they deviated, and as a result, there were differences. Now, because of that, the truth became slightly unclear to the people. So Allah, because He Himself has taken responsibility to guide people, what did He do? فَبَعَثَ اللَّهُ So Allah sent. بَعَيْنْسَ Allah sent النَّبِيِّينَ The Prophets. النَّبِيِّينَ is a plural of النَّبِي From the root letters نُون بَا حَمْزَ نَبَا نَبَا is important news. نَبِي is one who conveys important news to the people. So Allah sent the Prophets. And these prophets, they came as mubashirina wa munzirin. Mubashirin, plural of mubashir, and munzirin, plural of munzir. Who is mubashir? One who gives bashara, bashin ra, good news. We have learned earlier, وَبَشِّرِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا So, mubashirin, the prophets were those who conveyed good news to the people. Good news of what? Good news of reward. That if you believe, you follow the truth, you worship Allah, you are good to one another, there is good reward awaiting you. And at the same time, there were also munzirin. Munzirin, munzir, one who does inzar, nun, za, ra. 
We have done earlier, أَأَنزَرْتَهُمْ أَمْلَمْ تُنْزِرْهُمْ And what does inzar mean? To give warning. So the prophets came as bearers of good news and also as warners to warn the people that if you don't believe, if you don't do righteousness, then there are evil consequences awaiting you in this world as well as in the hereafter. So the prophets, they conveyed good news, they conveyed the warning. وَأَنزَلَ And he sent down, meaning Allah revealed, مَعَهُمْ With the prophets, الْكِتَابِ The book. That Allah did not just send the messengers, but He also sent with them the scripture. Guidance. Why? So that people could also follow that. And especially, why did He send the books? لِيَحْكُمَ So that it may judge بَيْنَ النَّاسِ Between the people فِيمَا Concerning that which اِخْتَلَفُوا فِيهِ They differed in. اِخْتَلَفُوا خَالَمْفَ اِخْتِلَافُ Difference. So, the messengers were sent as bearers of good news as well as warners. But we know that messengers were human beings. Their lives were limited. So eventually they passed away as well. But what happened after them? And what happened during their time? Where did people get their guidance from? The judgments from? From the book. Because the book that Allah reveals, that tells you what is right and what is wrong. The messenger is only the one who conveys the book. So the book decided, it conveyed to the people, it told the people what was right, what was wrong. لِيَحْكُمَ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ فِي مَخْتَلَفُوا in other words, Allah revealed the books as criterion, as furqan. Just like today also, when we are confused, what is right, what is wrong, is this okay, is this not okay, what are we supposed to refer to? What are we supposed to refer to? The book of Allah, that is the furqan. The previous books also, the Torah, Allah revealed that as a furqan as well, as a criterion. So the book is what told the people. But then what happened? People received the book, and yet those who believed in the book, even they differed amongst themselves. This is just like we have the Qur'an. All Muslims believe in the same Qur'an, they read the same Qur'an, yet you see so many differences amongst the people. You see that one group of Muslims, they support a particular opinion, another group, they support a completely different opinion, a completely different viewpoint. So there are differences amongst the followers of the same faith as well. Amongst the believers of the same book as well. But remember that the differences that people have, right, when it comes to the same book, many of those differences are because of, you can say, tawassur, for tawseer, for vastness. Remember that differences of opinion, they don't always mean that everybody is wrong except for one opinion. Okay? It doesn't mean that. Which is why never ever think that what you're doing is perfectly right and what other Muslims are doing is absolutely wrong. It's quite possible that both the opinions are valid. This is just like in tafsir. Just yesterday we learned, وَإِذَا تَوَلَّ سَعَى فِي الْأَرْضِ لِيُفْسِدَ فِيهَا I told you two meanings of tawalla. Correct? One was that he turned away and the other was that he, he got power. Right? So both the meanings are correct, they are valid, but when you look at both the meanings, they expand your understanding, they enable you to have a greater understanding of the Qur'an. Right? So all the differences are not bad. This is the main point. However, some differences, they are a problem. 
And this is exactly what is being spoken about over here. That وَمَخْتَلَفَ فِيهِ And he did not differ in it, meaning concerning the book, concerning the scripture, concerning the religion. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ أُوتُوهُ Except for those people who were given the book. أُوتُوهُ Hamzata Ya. The people who were given the book are the ones who differed in the book. But why did they differ? مِنْ بَعْدِ مَا جَاءَتْهُمُ الْبَيِّنَاتِ After the clear proofs had come to them. Bayinat is the plural of bayina, Meaning, after the truth was clear to them, yet there were indifferences. Meaning they knew what was to be done, what was not to be done. Yet they differed from each other. Why? What's the reason? Baghiyam bainahum. Due to rebellion, due to jealousy, due to animosity amongst themselves. Let me give you an example. The people of the book, the Yahud. Which book did they believe in? Which book did they observe? The Torah. Right? They all believed in the Torah. Isa salam was sent by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He brought bayinat, clear evidences, clear proofs. Right? And was it not clear to the people that he was a messenger? Yes, it was very clear. I mean, when does it happen that a child speaks? It doesn't happen like that. A child speaks? Impossible. When does it ever happen that a person can make a bird out of clay and blow life into it? It's not possible for any ordinary human being to do that. Likewise, we see that Isa performed many, many other miracles and the truth was very clear to the people. But did everyone accept him? Did everyone believe in him? No. Some believed in him, but the majority rejected him. Why did they reject him? What was the reason? Why? Because what he was telling them, they did not like it. They did not want to accept what he was telling them. So what happened? People who believed in the same book, the Torah, eventually they differed. Now again, what happened? The people of the book, when Muhammad ﷺ came, was his truth not clear to them? Yes, it was. Otherwise, Abdullah ibn Salam would not have accepted Islam. Otherwise, Salman al-Farisi would not have accepted Islam. The fact that they accepted Islam on seeing the Prophet ﷺ is a clear sign, it's a clear evidence that yes, indeed he was the messenger. But they did not accept him, they did not believe in him. Why? What was the problem they had? He is not one of us. He is an Arab. He is not an Israelite, he is not one of us, this is why we're not going to accept him. So, why do you think there was a group of Jews and then Christians and then Muslims, three different groups, whereas they believe in the same God, they believe in Ibrahim a.s., they all believe in Musa a.s., they all believe in so many other prophets, but yet they have differences. Why? What's the reason? بَغْيَمْ بَيْنَهُمْ Out of jealousy, animosity between themselves. Likewise, we see that amongst the Muslims, there are many divisions, many divisions. What's the problem? People follow the same book, the same messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Then what's the jealousy? What's the problem? The problem is that people say, my imam, my scholar, my madhab, my teacher, my masjid. This is what they say. So even if you have a Qur'anic evidence, I'm not going to accept it. Because my shaykh said this. My shaykh said that. This is the problem. بَغْيَمْ بَيْنَهُمْ 
We learned earlier that when the truth comes, when the truth is made clear to us, then even if we were on wrong, what should we do? Accept it, no matter how bitter it may be for us. Because who is the one who does not accept the truth? The one for whom? فَحَسْبُهُ جَهَنَّمْ Like we learned earlier. When the person is told, اِتَّقِ اللَّهُ الْعِزَّةُ بِالْإِسْمِ His ego comes in. And it prevents him from accepting the truth. So, بَغْيًا بَيْنَهُمْ So what happened then? فَهَدَ اللَّهُ So Allah guided who? الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا Those people who believed. Lima To that which اِخْتَلَفُوا فِيهِ They differed concerning it. مِنَ الْحَقِّ Of the truth بِإِذْنِهِ With his permission. Meaning, despite the differences that existed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still guided those who believe towards what? Towards the truth. And you see that. There's so much confusion that people have created. Who's the real God? Who are we supposed to worship? What are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to pray? At every level of religion, there are differences. But despite all of this confusion and chaos, Allah guides some people to the truth. How? بِإِذْنِهِ With His permission. Meaning, there are some whom Allah guides. He gives them the tawfiq. When is it that Allah guides people despite the confusion and the chaos that exists? When the people themselves want the truth. When the people are seeking the truth, then Allah will lead them to the truth. Even if they are in the darknesses of disbelief. Because we see, every time I think of Sadmah al-Farisi, I'm amazed. Look at where he was born and look at how he accepted the truth. He was born in Persia. In the house of a fire worshipper. And he was so protected from the outside world that his father would not even let him be exposed to other people lest he would give up the ways of his forefathers. And that one day, Salman al-Farsi was sent and he saw a group of Christians and he was like, what is this? This makes so much more sense to me. And he left everything and went with them. He left everything and went with them. Went from one place to the other, one priest to the other, until the last one who told him, that you better go to the place where the final messenger is going to come. And he went to Medina and that is where he found the Prophet ﷺ and he embraced Islam. Look at the darkness, the confusion that he was in. But Allah brought him out. Why? Because he wanted the truth. So this is a big lesson for us that if we want the solution, if we want the solution, if we want to be on the truth, if we want to do that which is right, then who should we turn to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And who should we ask guidance from? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطُ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ And such a person, Allah will not leave him astray. Allah will guide him. Because we learn, وَمَن يُؤْمِن بِاللَّهِ يَهْدِ قَلْبَهِ The one who believes in Allah, Allah will guide his heart. Allah will lead him to the truth. He will not leave him in the darkness. وَاللَّهُ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ And Allah guides whomsoever He wills إِلَى صِرَاطِ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ To the straight path. So to summarize in this ayah, what do we see? That the beginning of mankind was with guidance. Mankind was upon guidance. But then gradually people strayed, they fell into differences, and the truth was made confusing. Then what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent messengers, as well as the books, to solve the disputes amongst the people. But then people differed over those very books. So 
When more confusion was created, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He guided the people to the truth. Which people? Those who wanted the truth. And why is it that people differed amongst themselves even though they believed in the same book? Because of the jealousy, the animosity that was amongst them. So, some lessons that we learn in this verse are first of all, that when there are any disputes, any differences, any confusion, we should turn to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَمَا اخْتَلَفْتُمْ فِيهِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ فَرُدُّوهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ Any matter that you differ in, refer it to Allah, meaning turn to the book of Allah. And if we do find the solution, and it's contradicting to what we were upon, then what should we do? We should leave our ways and adopt the truth. Our ego, our nafs, should not prevent us from accepting the truth. And also remember, that these differences that arise amongst people, they are just a test for us. This is part of life. This is part of life. We learn in Surah Hud, Allah says, وَلَوْ شَاءَ رَبُّكَ لَجَعَلَ النَّاسَ أُمَّةً وَاحِدًا If Allah willed, He would have forced mankind to remain one nation, meaning to remain on the truth. وَلَا يَزَالُونَ مُخْتَلِفِينَ But people will not cease to differ amongst themselves, meaning forever people will differ. These differences will keep coming up. And we see this, every few weeks, every few months, every few years, you hear about a new group, a new opinion, a new this, a new that. So, وَلَا يَزَالُونَ مُخْتَلِفِينَ إِلَّا مَنْ رَحِمَ رَبُّكَ وَلِذَارِكَ خَلَقَهُمْ Except for those whom Allah is merciful upon, Allah will keep guiding them. أَمْ حَسِبَتُمْ Or do you think, حَسِبَتُمْ حَاسِينَ بَا Do you think, do you assume, أَن تَدْخُلُوا الْجَنَّةِ That you will enter Jannah? تَدْخُلُوا دَالْ خَالَامْ You think that you will enter Jannah just like that? Just like that? You think entry into Jannah is very easy? It's very simple. That all you say is, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. And you live a life of ease and comfort. And anytime you fear some difficulty in the path of Allah, you take a back seat. You take a step back. You think entry into Jannah is just like that? It's not easy. If you want to get to Jannah, you have to strive. We learned earlier, أُدْخُلُوا فِي السِّلْمِ Enter into Islam completely. And when a person does that, he faces hardship. Sometimes in the form of mockery from other people. So Allah is asking us, you think entry into Jannah is that simple? It's not that simple. Wake up. وَلَمَّا And not yet. يَأْتِكُمْ It has come to you. مَثَلُ مَثَلُ Mathal is from Meem Thalam. And you know that Mathal is, what does it mean? It means example, but it also means one more thing. I gave you another meaning. Huh? Similar to. Mithal, Mathal, example. Okay? But it also gives the meaning of that which resembles another. That which is similar to the other. And also if you think, an example always resembles, is similar to what you're trying to explain. If there was no resemblance between the two, then that example is irrelevant. Correct? There always has to be resemblance between what you're striking as an example and what you are trying to explain. This is just like you're trying to explain to someone what a pear is like. The fruit, pear, what it's like. And you tell them that it's very similar to apple. Okay, It's like apple, you say. 
and you say that it's like this texture, it's like this color, it's like this flavor. But if you don't make a comparison, and that comparison is not similar, then the other person is not going to get what a pear is. No matter what you say. There has to be some resemblance. Right? So, over here, mathal does not mean example, but it means likeness. Similar to. That you think you can enter Jannah, while what happened to the people of the past, anything similar to that has not happened to you. وَلَمَّا يَأْتِكُمْ مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ خَلَوْ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ الَّذِينَ Those people who خَلَوْ They passed خَلَمْ وَاوْ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ Before you. Meaning, what happened to the people of the past, nothing like it has happened to you yet. The problems that the people of the past experienced, you have experienced nothing like that. There is no similarity between what they experienced and what you are experiencing. What they suffered and what you are suffering. The problems, the difficulties they endured and that you have to endure. وَلَمَّا يَأْتِكُمْ مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ خَلَوْ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ When they embraced Islam, they had to suffer a lot of challenges, a lot of difficulties. And what are you experiencing? Nothing? You have a small headache and you feel, Oh my God, I can't study the Qur'an anymore. You get sick for a week and you think that's it? No more studying the Qur'an, it's getting too difficult? One test you fail and you think there's no hope for you? Why do you think like that? The people of the past had it much worse. What you're going through is nothing compared to the problems that they experienced. وَلَمَّا يَأْتِكُمْ مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ خَلَوْ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ The fact is, that when a person says La ilaha illallah, when a person makes promises with Allah, makes some commitments with Allah, with his deen, then Allah will surely test him. Allah will surely test him. And all sorts of tests will come. In the form of physical problems, illness, in the form of social issues, opposition, difficulties that a person faces, they will happen. Definitely. Why? Because Allah is going to test the servant. How sincere is he? How dedicated is he? How honest is he? The companions, once they were traveling, they were traveling for Umrah. They had their ihram on. And you know that in the ihram you cannot hunt. Hunting is not allowed. But what happened is that as they were traveling, there were animals and birds within their reach that literally they could take them with their hands. You know, forget about waiting there and then looking at the prey and then, you know, finally shooting an arrow. No, it wasn't like that. If they wanted, they could have just simply taken those animals and birds in their hands. It was that easy for them to catch them. But why do you think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused that to happen, to test them? That who fears Allah in the unseen? Who fears Allah when nobody's watching? Who fears Allah? This is just like the people of the Sabbath. They were told no work on Saturday. Right? You're only worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what happened on Saturday? The fish would come. More and more fish would come. Right? And they could see the fish at the surface of the water. Why? Because Allah was testing them. That what do they do? They say that yeah, they're going to observe the rules of the Sabbath, but are they really going to? 
This is just like we learn a lesson of sabr. And then what happens? The test begins. Where we have to be patient. We have to demonstrate patience. Because when we learn about things that Allah likes or Allah does not like, we get very motivated at that time. We make promises, we make intentions, we make resolutions. But then Allah will test us. What do you do? What do you do? So likewise, when a person becomes serious about his deen, Allah will also test him. And as He will test him, as a person passes each test, his entry into Jannah becomes more and more possible. Because the path to Jannah is surrounded by difficulties. The way to Jannah is surrounded by difficulties, by thorns. It's a very thorny way, a very difficult way. So Allah is asking us, you think you're going to get to Jannah just like that? No, you are going to suffer problems. And you think what you're suffering is bad? You think your problems are really bad? No, what happened to the people of the past is much worse. What you're experiencing is nothing compared to what they experienced. What did they experience? مَسَّتْهُمُ الْبَأْسَاءُ وَالضَّرَّاءُ مَسَّتْهُمُ الْبَأْسَاءُ Misfortune, adversity, hardship. It touched them. وَالضَّرَّاءُ And the suffering. And we have done these words earlier. You know that بَأْسَاء is used for poverty as well as physical hurt and pain, physical hardship. So it refers to financial problems as well as physical problems. When a person is hurting in their body, hurting, they're suffering in their body. And الضَّرَّاء it refers to physical tribulation as well as psychological, mental traumas. That when a person faces problems from his own loved ones, own family, own friends, when they oppose you, when they turn against you, when they taunt you, when people mock at you, when they laugh at you, when they pass negative comments against you. Dharra. And dharra is also physical, that when a person experiences some illness, some sickness, some disease, that is dharra. So the people of the past, مَسَّتْهُمُ الْبَأْسَاءُ And what are you experiencing? Just one negative comment? Just one negative comment? You know how if you're walking somewhere, I told you recently what happened with me, I was walking and this person yelled at me, this is Canada. And for a moment I was shaken, I was afraid, I thought maybe I should go home. But I thought, no, what is he going to do? I am in Canada, right? This is a safe place inshallah. Nowhere else can I walk with so much confidence. Because here, alhamdulillah, I am free to practice my faith. So it gave me confidence and I kept going where I was going. I was not afraid. And just think about, imagine the time when the Prophet ﷺ was standing on Mount Safa and he was calling out to people and he was doing da'wah to them and his own uncle, he said, may you be ruined, may you be destroyed. This is why you called us. Imagine being humiliated in public. I mean, I was just standing there alone. Nobody heard what that man said. Nobody else witnessed that scene. But it was still hurtful. But if you look at what the Prophet ﷺ experienced, he would be walking around, the Prophet ﷺ, calling people to Allah, and his own uncle would be walking right behind him, insulting him, humiliating him, telling the people, don't listen to him. He is a great liar. He is the one who has abandoned us. What is that suffering? That suffering is much greater. 
It's much greater. If we are ever publicly humiliated, we don't want to show our face in public ever again. We don't want to go out again. We feel so bad, so horrible. We cry, we weep, as if such a huge tragedy has happened. And it's not that huge of a tragedy at all. Allah says, مَسَّتْهُمُ الْبَأْسَاءُ وَالضَّرَّاءُ We're standing in prayer and we feel that our back is hurting. Think about how when the Prophet ﷺ would stand in prayer and his feet would swell up. His feet would swell up. How many of us have experienced that? Hardly anyone. And even if our feet have ever swollen in prayer, I don't think we can compare that to what the Prophet ﷺ experienced. مَسَّتْهُمُ الْبَأْسَاءُ وَالضَّرَّاءُ The people of the past, they had it much worse. So in other words, difficulties on the path of Allah, this is what? Something normal. Something normal. It's a norm. Recently somebody asked me that, you know, since I have started becoming more serious about studying the deen, all of a sudden there are so many problems that are happening. And I'm wondering, am I doing the right thing? Maybe Allah is angry with me? Maybe I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing? So this is what I told her, that when a person goes out in the way of Allah, then Allah will test him. It does not mean that Allah is upset with you. مَا وَدَّعَكَ رَبُّكَ وَمَا قَلَى Allah has not abandoned you, nor is He angry with you. مَا أَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الْقُرْآنَ لِتَشْقَى We have not revealed this Qur'an to you so that you become miserable. No. These challenges, these difficulties will come. But who does Allah test? Those whom He loves. Yes, very cliche, but very true. We hear these statements all the time. Allah tests those whom He loves. Allah does not overburden a soul more than what it can bear. But you know what? It's very, very true. It's very true. So the people of the past, مَسَّتْهُمُ الْبَأْسَاءُ وَالضَّرَّاءُ They suffered a lot in the way of Allah. To the point that was زُلْزِلُوا To the point that they were shaken. زُلْزِلُوا زَاي لَام لَام زَلَّ is to slip. But you see how there's Zailam, Zailam. There's an additional Zay. Zal, Zala, Zul, Zilu. This repetition in letters shows repetition of action. Zalla to slip, Zal, Zala to slip again and again and again. That a person cannot have balance. He's not able to stand. He's not able to remain sitting in one place, remain standing in one place, he barely recovers that he falls again. He barely gets over one problem that another begins. One illness is barely over that the next one starts. Zulzilu. And zalzala is also used for an earthquake. Iza zulzilatil ardu zilzalaha. Why? Because in an earthquake, this is what's happening. Constantly, things are being shaken, people are shaking. As soon as they try to get up, they fall again. They try to put something up, it falls again. So the people of the past, they were tested and tried so much that they were shaken up. Shaken up from where? From within. That they felt as though they were going to lose their faith. They felt as though, where is Allah? This is just like Umar anhu. he once came to the Prophet and he said that, are we not upon the truth? And the Prophet ﷺ said, yes, we are. He said, then why? 
Why do we have to suffer? Why is this happening? Why can't we stand up for ourselves? Why can't we take revenge against the enemy who's persecuting us? Many times companions went to the Prophet ﷺ and expressed such feelings. This is the situation where you start doubting yourself. Am I doing something wrong? This is just like, you know, a person, they start, they make a decision, I'm going to start wearing the hijab, but then all of a sudden they see the entire world turning against them. They can't continue working. Their parents are not happy. Their spouse is not happy. Their children are not happy. Their cousins are not happy. Their friends are not happy. They're like, am I doing something wrong? You start doubting yourself. Until to the point that the messenger said, And the believers were with him, even they said, Mata Nasrullah. When, when is the help of Allah going to come? When is it coming? The Prophet ﷺ, the companions, they suffered in Makkah for 13 years. If we have to suffer something for 13 days, we think that's it. We can't keep going. We can't have any more patience. They said, Mata Nasrullah. When is it coming? Is it even coming? Mata Nasrullah. What does Allah say? Allah, here, listen, O people. Be in no doubt that inna Nasrullahi qareeb. That indeed the help of Allah, it is qareeb, it is near. Qaf raba. It is not too far away. It is coming. Just hold on a little bit more. Don't give up. Just a few more days. Just a little bit more suffering. And very soon the help of Allah will come. And if you look at the past, all the people, all the righteous people, all the prophets of Allah, eventually the help of Allah did come. Look at the life of the Prophet ﷺ. 13 years, it became so difficult. So difficult that the life of the Prophet ﷺ was in danger. And the people had planned to kill him. But the help of Allah came when Allah told him, leave Makkah. And when he left, after that, the doors of success opened for him one after the other. So Allah is testing us. When we're going through difficulties, when we're going through problems, Allah is only testing us. That how strong are we on the inside? How determined are we? How sincere are we to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And at the same time, when a person suffers in the way of Allah, he becomes even more stronger. He becomes even more stronger. This is just like if you've suffered an illness in the past and you have the same thing again, what happens? You're more confident. You're like, you know what? I can deal with it. I've dealt with it before. I can face it again. This is about people suffering in the way of Allah. All people suffer in one way or the other. And that is because this life is a test. Okay? Believers, non-believers, both suffer. Right? Life is difficult for human beings in general. But this verse specially is talking about those who suffer in the way of Allah. This is like, you know, a person, like the example I gave, a person starts to wear hijab and they get fired. Recently this woman came to me, she's a dentist. And she's saying that I have been trying to practice, get a job somewhere or the other, but everywhere I go, they make an issue with my hijab. 
And she said, yes, I am experiencing this. What am I supposed to do? Imagine somebody has spent thousands of dollars to become a dentist and now that they need to work so that they can get that money back to pay off all those loans, they can't find any job. Why? Because of their hijab. Because of their hijab. Isn't that a test? In the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Yes, it is. But you know what? We just have to hold on for a little bit longer and the help of Allah will come. This lady... She came to me on Eid. I met her and she said, I just wanted to tell you, Alhamdulillah, I found something. And it's because she was strong and she kept asking Allah for help. And Allah did send her His help. Inna nasrallahi qareeb. Indeed, the help of Allah is very, very near. It's not far away at all. Let's listen to the recitation. كان الناس أمة واحدة فبعث الله النبيين مبشرين ومنذرين فبعث الله النبيين مبشرين ومنذرين وأنزل معهم الكتاب بالحق ليحكم بين الناس فيما اختلفوا فيه وما اختلف فيه إلا الذين أوتوه من بعد ما جاءتهم البينات بغيا بينهم فَهَدَى اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا لِمَخْتَلَفُوا فِيهِ مِنَ الْحَقِّ بِإِذْنِهِ وَاللَّهُ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ إِلَى صِرَاطٍ مُسْتَقِيمٍ أَمْ حَسِبْتُمْ أَنْ تَدْخُلُوا الْجَنَّةَ وَلَمَّا يَأْتِكُمْ مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ خَلَوْا مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ مَسَّتْهُمُ الْبَأْسَاءُ وَالضَّرَّاءُ وَزُلْزِلُوا حَتَّى يَقُولَ الرَّسُولُ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مَعَهُ مَتَى نَصْرُ اللَّهِ أَلَا إِنَّ نَصْرَ اللَّهِ قَرِيبٌ Remember that any problem, any suffering that we experience in this life, Eventually, it will come to an end. Eventually, it will be over. So, when we are suffering, at that time what is required? Sabr. Remember I mentioned to you earlier, the different levels of sabr, the different types of sabr? That one is that a person accepts it as a decree of Allah, and he doesn't complain. And another is that a person is happy, He accepts what Allah has decreed for him. Because he says, okay, Ya Allah, you chose me for this test. Because he knows that it's an opportunity to come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, an opportunity to gain more reward. A realization that Allah remembers me. A realization that Allah, He is very involved in my life. That I am suffering, that Allah sent a problem in my way. And that Allah will take it away inshallah. A reason for me to beg before Allah even more. A reason for me to pray to Allah even more. To remember Allah even more. So whenever we're having any difficulty, any problem, remember Allah. And remember that help is not far away. Eventually, that problem will go away. Eventually, it will go away. 
every pain, every disease, every problem eventually goes. It eventually departs. And if you remember the people other than yourself, you will realize that other people have experienced much worse problems, much greater problems. If you ever compare yourself to others, you're like, oh, alhamdulillah, I'm much better. I'm in a much better state. It's happened with me a number of times that, you know, I have a problem and I'm like really worrying about it. I'm like, why is this happening? And what am I doing wrong? And you know, like you wonder when you are experiencing problems. And the moment you reflect on the lives of other people, you are afraid before Allah. That, Ya Allah, why am I displaying even a little bit of impatience? Well, the problem you've sent my way is nothing compared to what others are suffering. A hadith tells us that among the nations before you, a believing man would be put in a ditch that was dug for him. Why a ditch? Because then he's stuck there. He can't get out. He can't run away. He can't bend. He can't hide. He's stuck. Imagine a person is put in a ditch and then the mud, the soil is put around the side so that he's fixed there. He can't move. And a saw, a chainsaw, a saw would be put over his head and he would be cut into two pieces. Yet, that torture would not make him give up his religion. It would not make him give up his religion. His body would be combed with iron combs that would remove his flesh from the bones and nerves. Yet, that would not make him abandon his religion. There were some companions who were once captured by some enemy. And as they were captured, other Muslims were brought in front of them and thrown into big vessels in which a boiling hot oil was there. And they were thrown into that boiling hot oil. And all they could see within moments was their bones floating, rising to the top. Just imagine. And yet they did not give up their faith. Tell me, what is a headache compared to that? What is a bone fracture compared to that? What is it? It's nothing. And yet, the way we complain, the way we get upset, our problems are nothing at all. We need to be patient. We need to remember Allah and we need to seek His forgiveness for our impatience. There's a video that I would like you to watch. This It's not that recent, it's a little old, but these are problems that people have suffered in this world. And this is not about thousands of years ago. This is like 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Some of which is happening till today. So I want you to watch this and count your blessings. You want a journey. A journey to hell on earth. A journey to a place called Danan. This is the remote Agadin region of eastern Ethiopia, bordering on Somalia. It's an area mired in a guerrilla insurgency and devastated by a lingering drought. As filmmakers, we're on our way to Danan, a camp for displaced persons, to try and show the world how the people of the area are surviving. We're still far from our destination when we spot a group of people walking across the desert, also heading for the camp. They're carrying everything they own. They agree to stop and talk with us.
She says, this is our tenth day of walking. We had nothing in our homes, nothing to eat. During our ten days of walking, we stopped in every village and asked people to give us some food. And through begging, we have managed to reach this place. We lost our camels, our goats, our sheep, and we don't know what is waiting for us in the shelter. We don't know whether there is going to be food. We have no alternative. We have to travel this way. Two boys and two girls died since we left our homes. My daughter died two days ago. She was 15. smell Danan even before we reach it. The skeletal remains of hundreds of animals litter the desert. Although we've been told what to expect, we are still shocked when we see it for ourselves. These are the remains of the most precious possessions the refugees brought with them. The camp lay ahead, and we feared the worst. Here it is, Danan. Now home to 7,000 people living in tiny huts, not even big enough to stand up in. I came here with my wife and children, and four of them are now dead. There is no food. had water in three or four days. There is no water. The boy is now my only child. The only thing remaining is our faith to die. Abdi wants to show us the condition of his wife, Mariama. She's had nothing to eat in days and has been lying motionless in the hut. He tells us that she doesn't even have the strength to sit up by herself. I would rather lose all my property and still have Mariama. She is a very loving wife, very good to her children. I have been praying all night to get help from my family and wife. I'm in a desperate situation. I don't know what I'm going to do. Without her, we can't live. solve his problems. We gave Abdi much of our food for Mariama and the children. You are looking at all the medicine there is for the 7,000 people of Danan. They have no doctor. They have no nurse. We go to the food storehouse and are confronted by another fiasco. The district administrator, Adin Omar Fetin, explains. If I were to distribute the small amount of food left in the storehouse, there wouldn't be a glass, not a glass, for each of the 7,000 people living in the shelters. 
If I distribute that small amount, there could be a riot. Therefore, I've decided to use the small amount of food for distribution to new arrivals only. Some of them have been walking for 15 or 20 days. They are in the most critical need of food. And now we have no water. I don't know what I'm going to do. There are times when I think about hanging myself. The mental agony. I'm sure you must also be having that agony in your minds. You are a living witness. It's our last day in Danan. We're taken to see a woman and her three-year-old son, Kadir. Even without translation, the horror of her words is clear. Each afternoon, just before sunset, we've seen processions of men leaving the camp for the cemetery. We ask permission to join and film them. Today, they're bearing a two-year-old girl named Ambia. Her father is very gracious and welcomes us. He tells us that it is the third child he's lost in the last four months. As I watch the simple ritual, I feel helpless that we've not been able to do anything to aid these people. I feel angry that the world and its bureaucracies have forgotten the people of Danan. It has now been months since we left Danan, and not a day goes by that I don't think of the time we spent there and the fate of the people we met. They chant, God, this is an innocent two-year-old child who has died. Please let her soul rest in heaven. This is just one camp. Do you know how many camps exist in the world today? We live in this country. We eat morning, day, night. And we forget about such people. We face first world problems and we complain over them. What are our problems? I ate too much, so I need to eat something else to fix myself. We complain because we got a paper cut. We complain because one part of our body is hurting. Because we didn't get to sleep enough. This is what we complain about. And we forget that there are many people on this planet today who are suffering much, much more than us. So Allah is telling us very clearly, you think you're going to enter Jannah just like that? You are going to suffer. And you have to be patient in that suffering. And you have to remember those who are suffering. Because the one who helps others, Allah will help him. On the day of judgment, Allah will ask a person, that I was thirsty and you didn't give me water. I was hungry and you didn't give me food. And a person will say, Ya Allah, how could you be needy? And Allah will say to him, that my servant 
was hungry, my servant was needy, my servant was thirsty, and you didn't give anything to him, you didn't help him or her. ثُمَّ لَتُسْأَلُنَّ يَوْمَئِذٍ عَنِ النَّعِيمِ You will be questioned on that day about the blessings that you enjoyed. We enjoy. And if there is even a little bit that we are disappointed with, we get extremely frustrated. We show so much impatience. We think that that's it, our life is over. We need to have trust in Allah. We need to turn to Him. And we need to become stronger. أَمْ حَسِبْتُمْ أَن تَدْخُلُوا الْجَنَّةَ وَلَمَّا يَأْتِكُمْ مَثَلُ الَّذِينَ خَلَوْا مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ مَسَّتْهُمُ الْبَأْسَاءُ وَالضَّرَّاءُ وَزُلْزِلُوا حَتَّى يَقُولَ الرَّسُولُ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مَعَهُ مَتَى نَصْرُ اللَّهُ أَلَا إِنَّ نَصْرَ اللَّهِ قَرِيبٌ The thing is that at the time of difficulty one must never ever forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you remember what that man said, that we only have our faith in Allah. That's all we have to live off of. Otherwise, we have nothing. When a person is going through any problem, he should have trust in Allah. Like we learned earlier, that وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَشْرِي نَفْسَهُ إِبْتِغَاءَ مَرْضَاتِ And when a person is suffering in the way of Allah, you should remember, وَاللَّهُ رَؤُوفٌ بِالْعِبَادِ Allah is very loving, very kind, very affectionate towards His servants who are struggling in His way. Because at the time of suffering, it's very, very easy to fall back, to give up, to say, I feel like killing myself. I feel like strangling myself. It's very easy to do that. That's the easy way out. But it's also the wrong way out of problems. We need to turn to Allah. We need to remember Him and do what He wants us to do even in the difficult times. What happens with us? We just have a tummy ache. We are just slightly ill, slightly unwell. And the first thing we leave is what? Our salah or our du'as or our recitation of Qur'an or something or the other that's like that. That's one of the first things that we give up. When Allah tests us, we need to increase in our worship. We need to increase in our turning to Him, not turning away from Him. Because that's the only way to success. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.